Well, I, for one, am thankful to be here with you tonight. Let's start this in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for the breath you've given us that we might sing songs for your glory, for the health you've given us to gather here in this place, for the place you've given us to gather in where we are warm and and protected from the cold outside. Lord, I pray that the list in our hearts and minds would go on and on and on of thankfulness to you. We give you praise tonight as we gather around your word, Lord. Help us to, to soak it in, take it in, and live it out. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, in our passage tonight, King David is going to call us to give thanks. And he reminds us from the very start of his song that our thankfulness to God should not just be run-of-the-mill. It should go beyond the, the ho-hum. Oh, I, I have to do this, so let me get it out of the way. Let me just run down the list just by rote. You know how we give that list to God by rote? I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my food. I'm thank- Right? The first word out of David's mouth tonight isn't even a real word. You know what he says? He says, oh, oh. It's an exclamation that is going to require somewhere around 26 more verses to express, to explain what he's thinking, what he's feeling. David is deeply affected by his thoughts of God and who God is and and what he's done. Tonight I want us to, to... to consider how many times do we find ourselves in awe of God, what he's done in our lives, and actually get to the point where we feel like starting our prayer with, oh, a word that expresses more words than we can express, right? How often are we overwhelmed by our infinite, eternal God? Let's gather tonight in awe. Of who he is. Go ahead and flip open to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, David begins singing praises to God. And as he does this, he begins it with a call to, to give thanks to God. And he links that call to God's faithfulness to us and the greatness of our salvation in him. Then he closes it with a call to worship God just as God should be worshipped. If you've gotten to 1 Chronicles chapter 16, I'm going to start at verse 8. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has utters, uttered. Oh, offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. You know what you are? His chosen ones. David says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. But don't just talk about God. What does he say there? Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. It's just like we would call out to each other, right? 
I mean, hey, Peggy. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? I am glad that you are here tonight. It, it makes my heart rejoice that you are here. Austin, you're back from school. That's a blessing. Thanks for being here. It's different, Joe, when somebody knows and acknowledges you and your presence, isn't it? We need to remember that as we worship God tonight, we worship the living God. He is not dead. He is not absent. As we give thanks tonight, we need to remember that he is present. He is, in fact, omnipresent, and there's nowhere we can go that he is not. There is no creature that is hidden from his sight. As David said in Psalm 139, where shall I go? from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? You're everywhere. Even if we should die, he is there. He is here. And so we should invite him to be a part of this worship, to be a part of this conversation. We should include him. God should not be the wallflower of our worship. As we sing, as we seek, as we remember, it shouldn't be a matter of, okay, God, you stay over here, and we're going to do our thing, and we just want you to bless it as, as we then feel good about what we've done for you. No! Let's include him in our heads, in our hearts, in our minds, in our worship, the things we say. Let it go deeper than just a, a religious process, a rite or ritual that we have to do because, oh, it's Thanksgiving Eve, and we have to go to church, right? Church doors are open, therefore we need to be there. No! Let's include him as we sing praises to him, not just about him. Songs that declare truths about who he is and what he's done for us. As we seek his presence, what did David say there? Continually. Not having a part of the worship be apart from God and then a part of the worship with God, but remembering he is here and we just want him to be a part of everything. Lord, we want you to be a part of everything we are doing. This is for your greatest glory and not our own. As we desire to be with him, as we remember all the things he's done, the miraculous, the wondrous, as David describes it here, things that we could not and would not do for ourselves that God has done on our behalf. Did you knit yourself together in your mother's womb? I didn't. God did that. God breathed life into us from day one. He gives us gifts. He gives us talents. He instills in us his very spirit as we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. Surely he is worthy of our singing, our seeking, and our remembering. The, the list goes on, doesn't it? The things that we could not, would not do for ourselves. What can you think of right now that God has done for you that you could not do for yourself? Something to be thankful for, truly thankful for. Take a moment right now, and let's, let's just close our eyes, bow our hearts in silence before him, and think, just for a few seconds, think right now about what God has done. Father God, for all these things, 
We give thanks to you. And Lord, we pray that as we give you praise, we desire that you would be enthroned on our praises just as you were enthroned on the praises of Israel. We pray this in Jesus' name. Verse 14 of our passage tonight, David goes on, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you are few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, Wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. We give praises to God, and we do it for good reason. He is faithful. He is faithful through the good, through the hard times. In the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, we have a hope and a promise that whatever strikes us here will have us in the palm of his hand. And he is faithful. He sticks to his promises, and he never fails in them. Nothing can separate us from the love of God for us in Christ Jesus. And it isn't because we deserve it. Did you see that in verse 19, 20? When you were few in number of little account, wandering from nation to nation, one kingdom to another. You were nothing, he says. God remained faithful to them. In the same way, we don't deserve God's faithfulness. We are not worthy of what God has done for us, and yet, though we are little uh, of little account, God remained faithful. And at this time, as we give thanks to God, I think it's appropriate that we remember that, that we are completely unworthy. We aren't, not, we aren't just not worthy. We're, we're, we're unworthy. It didn't, didn't come out right, but you know what I mean. And, and remembering our complete unworthiness should lead us to rejoice even more in awe of God's faithfulness to us. Because we don't deserve it in the least. Psalm 14, verses 2 and 3. It says, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they've become corrupt. There is none who does good. Not even one but God. Romans chapter 5 says, But God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Verse 23. In view of all the things that God has done for us in Christ. Verse 23, it says, Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. 
Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods. For the gods, all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. As we thank God. In his splendor, perfection, his glory, his greatness, his purity, his holiness. Let's declare his glory among the nations and tell of his salvation from day to day and never get tired of the wonder and the awe of the salvation that we have that we never deserved. Let's not forget the glory of the cross. That great glory of God where his righteousness meets his love all at the same place all at the same time where the due punishment for our sin is paid as christ took our place paid that price for us are we in awe of our god are we in awe of our the the salvation that we have in him through him by him because of him is it so overwhelming that we, we feel it in our hearts to, to express that day to day? If all he ever gave us was salvation at the cross, reconciliation to our creator, wouldn't he be worthy of breathtaking praise? Salvation from our sin is something we should never have. But God, Ephesians chapter 2. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus immeasurable riches he is worthy of all of our thankfulness all of our praise verse 28 of our passage tonight says ascribe to the lord O families of the peoples ascribe to the lord glory and strength ascribe to the lord the glory due his name bring an offering and come before him worship the lord in the splendor of holiness Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Every time I read verses like that, verses that tell about creation, rocks, trees, plains, fields, uh, the heavens declaring the praise of God, I'm reminded of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem before he was crucified. And in that triumphal entry, as he was going in on that donkey, and people were shouting his praises and, and shouting Hosanna to the son of David, The Pharisees came up to Jesus and said, get them to be quiet. 
Tell your disciples, rebuke them. Tell them to silence themselves. And Jesus replied to them, he said, I tell you, if these were silent, if all the believers here were silent, the rocks, the very stones would cry out. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be replaced by a rock or a tree, field, or the ocean. I want to give God greater praise than anything in his creation could. For there's nothing else in his creation made in the image of God. Again, the grace of God in our lives, something he did and we did not do for ourselves. We need to be those who say, the Lord reigns tonight and, and every night that we have breath and a voice to declare it with. We need to be those who recognize the immense glory of God and deeply appreciate that we are free to come before him by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are free to boldly come before his throne in prayer and praise of who our God is, ascribing to him the glory due his name simply because he is. He is God, just as he declared his own name to be. I am. We need to be those who bow before our king tonight, the sovereign of all creation, and thank him. Verse 34, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word that reminds us of your glory, that takes us out of our, our stupor and, and wakes us up to who you are. Lord God, we praise you for your spirit given to us, that we would know and understand what you've said to us from your word. Lord God, we pray that you are high and lifted up tonight through the, the praises we sing, through the praises we give to you. May we be those who by your spirit declare the Lord reigns, who declare your salvation day by day, who ascribe to you the glory due your name. Pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.